said, the most disrespected person in America is the Black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the Black woman. The most neglected person in America is the Black woman. Welcome back to Being Heard, Two Black Women, Coffee and Conversations. I'm Leah, and with me is my co-host, Dana, founder of Black Iowa News. And on today's episode, we have Edith Crawford, community representative of the Greater Iowa Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Hey, ladies, how are you doing today? Hello, hello. hello. I'm great. Oh, so good to hear. So, Miss Edith, could you please tell us um, a little bit about yourself? Yes, thank you for having me. My name is Edith Crawford. I'm born and raised in Des Moines, Iowa. I lived um, away from Des Moines for about 30 years. And I returned to Des Moines in 2014 upon the death of my husband. Um, my mother had Alzheimer's. Um, she had an Alzheimer's during a time that the doctors, it was a, a very long time ago. The doctors did not know or were not trained in the dementias. There was no medication and there were no facilities that would help out. And so my family and I did the very best we could uh, with what we knew and we didn't know to take care of our mother who had um, Alzheimer's. Um, it was later termed as Alzheimer's, but in the beginning they called it uh, senality or hardening of the arteries, but they never died, actually said dementia. Hmm. Um, so um, I uh, worked for a home instead, senior care, and I went on my first walk mm -hmm. in 2015, walk to end Alzheimer's. And I noticed that there were not very many African-Americans, Hispanics uh, in the group, uh, in the walk. And I was kind of, I was quite bothered by it. I almost say kind of bothered, but I was really kind of uh, upset about it that there weren't more African-American and Hispanics. And what we found out in our um, researching of that fact is that we um, in our own um, selves, our African-Americans and Hispanics, we, are, we tend to not reach out when it comes to things of mental health or, or, or the brain. Uh, and uh, we take care of our own at home. And so um, it just was something that needed to be challenged. And so I joined the walk to end Alzheimer's the next year. And I formed a team called the Unity Walkers which was about 25 of us African-American and we walked in 2016 in the walk to end Alzheimer's. And that was a great, great, great day. Um, a lot of uh, self pride amongst us as African-Americans. Um, uh, some joined because they wanted to help with the cause. Some joined because they had people that were affected and they were just learning what to do. And they were happy that there was a resource for them to go to. Um, from that, I became a community educator. I've been to the health fairs. I've been to the nursing facilities. I've been to uh, a lot of the churches, uh, just um, presenting educational programs. The number one program that I present is 10 warning signs to look for. Uh, there are 10 specific signs that can help you determine uh, what is going on with your loved one, whether it's natural aging or just uh, something that you need to pay better attention to and maybe get the advice of a doctor. So I uh, was a community educator during that time. From there, I um, 
um, I had joined the board, uh, was asked to join the board. I am, this is my third term on the board uh, with the association. I'm very blessed to have a seat at the table, uh, which actually enabled me to present to the board the need for a um, support group in the inner core of the city, if you will. Um, their support groups were in Clive and Johnston and all of the surrounding areas, but there was not a support group in the inner core of the city, which um, did not address the people that I talked to, the people that are um, uh, taking care of their mother and they don't have time to go to a support group or uh, people that don't have a car and they can't get to a support group. So um, I went to the Grub Y at their back to school bash and I took a piece of paper and I just asked people to sign it if they would I called it my petition of interest and I asked them would they sign it if they would support a support group in the inner city. And I got 76 signatures. And then I went to the multicultural festival at Evelyn K. Davis Park um, a few weeks later and I took my little piece of paper and I got another 56 signatures. And then I took that to my board and I, um, I wanted to show them rather than tell them or ask them, um, about this support group. I wanted to show them the immense need in the inner part of the city for a support group. Um, praises to God, uh, we launched our support group. Well, the, the board and the staff and the, um, um, the director and all wholeheartedly embraced the idea. Uh, we launched our support group 2020 uh, January 2020 at the Evelyn K. Davis Center for Working Families. Um, we were there just for two months. Uh, the pandemic sent us to Zoom. Uh, we've been uh, with Zoom um, all of the time up until last month. Uh, we've been with Zoom um, every month. And I have about 15 people that are consistent. And sometimes it gets down to seven or eight. But overall, we're still moving and Bruce we're still uh, reaching the community, letting people know that there is a support group that they can share what's going on with them with other people. Uh, we laugh, we cry, we celebrate, uh, we mourn with those that have lost um, their loved one in the process. Um, so we're kind of a family and we're, we're loving it. Um, lastly, um, I am a community, now I am a community representative. I had to make a decision uh, whether I was going to con be a, continue to be a community educator or a representative. A representative fits me better because it is my goal and my mission to connect the African-American and Hispanic and the LBGTQ community to the association. The resources are immense. Uh, the help, um, the 1-800-272-3900 number is a 24-7 helpline. It is immensely a great, great resource to help people get through whatever they're getting through with this disease. So that's kind of my story. I just got back from San Diego. Uh, I was in San Diego for the volunteer summit. As a matter of fact, I didn't mention the word volunteer. I'm unpaid. I am not a staff member. Um, everything that I do, I do from my heart. Uh, it is my mission. I will um, it, I do it for my mom. We, we asked each other, what is your why? And my mother is my why. Um, but um, I went to San Diego, um, January 25th through the 29th uh, for a volunteer summit. I was able to speak to 1300 volunteers and encourage them 
and let them know that they're valuable, they're appreciated, and they are very needed, as well as volunteers that haven't come on board yet, we need you. Um, I just left Dallas with the association. Um, while in San Diego, I met a gentleman um, who wrote a play and he's trying to get it all over the United States. It's called Unforgettable. It's about his grandmother who had Alzheimer's. Uh, he went to visit her and he couldn't take it. And he never went back and she passed away. So uh, rather than him using that grief and using it as a negative, he made it as a positive and he wrote a play. And that play is circulating and it happened to be in Dallas this past weekend. So I flew down to Dallas and um, joined up with them uh, with the uh, Dallas and Northeast chapter of the Alzheimer's Association and celebrated that play. That sounds excellent. Um, knowing your why you got into the Alzheimer's Association as a volunteer, that is significant. Um, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about like 10 warning signs they could look for? Yes, and I should have them in front of me because I haven't memorized them. Um, example, um, if in fact, I'll just give an example of the um, losing your keys. Um, that's huge. Uh, everyone loses their keys at one time or another. Um, but um, if you can retract or just back off and stop looking so hard from them, your mind, your memory will take you to those keys. But mm -hmm. perchance you don't find your keys. And then when you do find your keys, they happen to be in the refrigerator, the freezer, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that would be a, that would be a cause for concern. Um, spatial, um, um, disparities uh example when you go into your restroom your restroom is most often all white porcelain white and so people with dementia will get in go into the restroom and they fall a lot because they, they can't spatially tell the difference between the wall where the toilet is when they should sit down when they what have you so i would have never known that i know you also mentioned dementia Mm -hmm. um, I'm familiar with that. That has been a precursor in my family, um, being someone that has had both a grandmother and now an uncle going through that. Um, mm -hmm. my, my granny siblings all had it. Mm -hmm. So I knew about dementia, but Alzheimer's, you know, came after, but the dementia was one of our warning signs with my loved ones. Mm -hmm. I want to say, and thank you for that, because that's very important what you just said. I want the audience to know the difference. A lot of people believe that Alzheimer's is the disease, and that is not true. Alzheimer's, just like cancer, is the disease, and it has several types of cancer. We know breast cancer and all the others, uh, pro uh, prostate, all of the other cancers. It's the same with dementia. Dementia is the disease and you and most often when you go to the doctor with a loved one they're going to diagnose dementia first because they need to see which one of these symptoms will manifest itself it could be dementia it could be alzheimer's it could be lewy body it could be parkinson it could be vascular so there's several types of symptoms will tell which will tell what type of dementia a person has. So first and foremost, dementia is the disease. I happen to find my brochure. Do I have time to, to give you the 10 warning signs? Yes, please. sure, please. Okay. 
Um, the number one, memory loss that disrupts daily life. Number two, challenges in planning or solving problems. Hmm. Number three, difficulties completing familiar tasks. Number four, confusion with time or place. Mm -hmm. Number five, trouble understanding visual image and spatial relationships. It goes back to the bathroom being all white and they um, go to sit down and they miss the toilet. Um, new, number six, new problems with words in speaking and, and or writing. Number seven, misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace your steps. Number eight, decreased or poor judgment. Number nine, withdrawal from work or social activities. Number 10, changes in mood and personality. I wanna give you one word for each, for a couple of these. Number 10, changes in mood or personality. There is a certain part of the dementia journey called sundowners. Okay. And that sundowners is in the evening time, most often early evening, four and later, where the person with the disease will become very agitated, very irrational, very hard to handle that's called sundowners. If you have someone that you're taking care of and it seems like in the later afternoon, they are off the chart and out mm -hmm. of control, talk to your doctor about sundowners. With, and here's another one, withdrawal from work and social activities. We know grandma started the family gatherings. Mm -hmm. We know that the family gatherings that, uh, that we carry forward came from grandma and grandpa having all of us uh, at their house. So what I've been noticing is that when now when people, if they have someone with the dementia, they won't include them for a number of reasons. Number one, they may think that they, they're going to have an outburst and it's going to be embarrassing, or they might not know how they're going to handle them around people. I say to you, don't leave grandma home. Take grandma to all the functions that she's either started or she was a part of all of her life. Maintain her life and her dignity as long as you can. Just have a separate room set aside that when she's overwhelmed by all the noise and the clamor and the people and everything, you can take her to a safe place. Um, I'll give can you I one. ask this? Yes. Um, is it also important to... Um, to keep a routine. I know we're experiencing, like I said, in our family now, I'm from North Carolina and um, my uncle's daughter lives out of state. And so we were keeping him in North Carolina to keep him in familiar environment yeah. because we felt like that would make him go downhill a little quicker mm -hmm. if he didn't keep his routine. So the struggle has been either he can go where she is and you know it goes fast, the decline is faster, or keep them at home and try to keep them comfortable? Actually, you have to tailor it to the family and their needs. Um, it, it is utmost important to not make changes for that person suffering. I'll give you an example um, with my answer to my mom. She lived with me when I lived in Denver. I had to go to work. So I would pack her up every morning, take her to my sister. 
and then I pick her up in the evening. That was not good. She needed the consistency of where she was going to be all day, every day, same thing every day. In light of people that have the decision of, of um, family out of town and the, and, and the best care is to have them with them, do what is best for your family. But once you get him, if you should have to move him to one of the other family members, uh, because it's going to be the best care, I wouldn't gauge whether he goes down faster because I don't believe, I personally, un, 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 scientifically don't believe that's what's going to take him down faster. The changes, the too many changes will um, make um, them um, make it more difficult, I should, I should say. Okay. So if someone is faced with having to the decision, first of all, let me say this, families, Okay, the dynamic of families dealing with this will break your family totally apart. There'll be that main yes. person. There's that main person making the decisions and doing everything. They they may be the power of attorney. They may be ever you know whatever. And then there's the others. You'll have those that'll tell you how to do stuff, and they live 1,900 miles away, but you ain't doing it right. Um, all of that. So what we did as a family, so that we didn't chop off heads was that we came together as a family and we divided my mom's duties up so that everybody had a role and and what we what we said to each other was this is not about us get out of your feelings um, mm -hmm. go you can have your feelings when you get home right now we need to deal with this it's about mom and we came together and we gave my mom the best that we could give her corporately we called ourselves Mary's kids so um just whatever it is your family tailor it towards your family support the number one person everybody has that number one person they need your support they need you to come over and relieve them they need you to not ask them how much of mom's money you spent they um they they need you to um no, just man that's real talk <laughs> be the support that they need yeah. because anybody that's taking care of somebody with um the dementias is declining they won't tell you mm -hmm. they're not going to tell you because they're going to be that god appointed me to do this i'm going to get it done well you got to take care of yourself uh, this is going to make me interject something can i interject it now go for it Okay. My pastor, I belong to Corinthian Baptist Church in Des Moines, Iowa. The wonderful pastor, Dr. Jonathan B. Whitfield is my pastor. He um, has embraced everything about the dementias and Alzheimer's. Uh, as a matter of fact, he just got his doctorate in mental health. Uh, he just started a, a new ministry, mental health ministry in the church, and he asked me to be a part of it. So uh, another lady and I last month was our first, January was our first meeting for the new mental health ministry. Now, here's the deal. I'm not educated in anything mental health. I have a degree in nothing. Um, I um, will not be presenting myself as a mental health expert. He had us come together so that we can teach self-care. We will to be teaching. I will be bringing brain health to the table. She will be bringing, she's a member of NAMI, so she's going to bring what she can bring in through NAMI, but we also have a um, young lady that just got her master's in mental health who's gonna join up with us. Self-care, the person taking care of the um, person with dementia has to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to interject that because so many people have the task of being the number one caregiver and they, some of them pass away before their charges because they're so stressed out and trying to handle everything. Support them is my, is my goal for everyone. 
that. That's wonderful. So for our listeners who um, are coming on, um, we'll talk a little bit about some of the key facts of Alzheimer's. And so from the um, Alzheimer's Association, there are 6 million Americans age 65 and up living with Alzheimer's and dementia. There are 66,000 Iowans who are living with Alzheimer's or dementia. And then in terms of women, African-Americans and Hispanics are at a greater risk for the disease. Um, some of the stats they sent over, African-Americans are about twice as likely to have Alzheimer's or other dementias um, as older whites. So that's really um, something for our community to really be thinking about and planning for, sounds like. It is. Um, it is. Uh, that's one of the um, opening statements I, I have when I go to the churches, um, to the health fairs, and, and where there's a predominantly, I speak in any way, but I, I really emphasize it when I go into my community churches and all, because um, we are twice as more likely. Um, they don't know why. Um, there's no definitive reason why Hispanics get it, get it one and a half times more and Blacks get it twice as likely. But one of the things I do want to mention uh, on this tone about um, two times more is the trial match. Now, um, the association and um, alz.org will give you all of the information that I'm mentioning, alz.org. But trial match and this was emphasized when I was at the play in Dallas this weekend it was emphasized again when I was at the summit in San Diego last month that we as African Americans rightfully so I'm going to say that again rightfully so don't trust the disparities in healthcare is huge. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I just joined a group called Black Women for Healthy Living here in Des Moines, who mm -hmm. are dynamic about meeting the disparities in, in the African-American community for women. Um, so the, the disparities in healthcare is true and alive. So if you were in my age group, I'm a seasoned senior. Uh, if you were in my age group, then you know about the Tuskegee Mm -hmm. trials that they did okay that's embedded in us we won't forget that you're not going to slip that on us again but let me tell you this about trial match and i have to speak on a person that has not signed up for a trial match but after my experiences in the last few months i plan to find a trial match that i can um, be involved in but trial match will help us get the statistics that we need so that we can enhance the possibility of better care for our people as they develop. We, uh, just like we are two times more likely to get the disease, well, if they're advancing in, um, in their research on addressing the uh, uh, Caucasian community, then we don't want to be left behind mm -hmm. in getting in and getting on board with the uh, treatments that are coming up. So they need statistics. Uh, am I saying go let them inject you with something? Absolutely not. I am not. I don't know what that means. I don't know what trial matches are out there. I just know that we as a race have to find a way and I don't have an answer but we have to find a way that we cannot forget Tuskegee, but we cannot let Tuskegee hinder us from what that which we are entitled to. 
Very well. So, um, but before we wrap up, are there any bright spots in the research for Alzheimer's that you would like our listeners to know more about? Yes, there is. There's two drugs. You can catch me off guard because I don't have them written down. ALZ.org will give you all the information that I may miss or I may mispronounce or I may forget. But there are two clinical drugs that are out there now. The clinical drugs, um, Aduhelm is one of them. Um, Don't quote me, but remember that word. (laughs) Aduhelm, I believe the name of it is, and I'm so sorry. Um, But this drug is meant for someone that has just been diagnosed They have to be in the very first early stage of the diagnosis. They have to be either mildly MCI, mildly cognitively declining, or the first earliest stages of Alzheimer's. For this drug to not, it won't won't erase, it won't stop, um, but it will slow the process down per the, the research that has come forward. The FDA just approved it. And so I would say um, alz.org slash drugs or or whatever it is, find out, read more about it, but there is something there, but they will not uh, prescribe it for anyone that's further along in the process. They want to catch it at the very beginning, early diagnosis. And then also, what about the um, support uh, group that you started? How do people, how can people get involved with the support group? Thank you for asking. I'm very excited to mention that uh, when I, after Zoom, um, I wanted to go back to Evelyn K. Davis for to, for our support group meetings. But as a praying woman, um, I talked to God a lot and talk about my mission, my purpose and what he would have me do. And I, I really believe that he wants me to reach more than the people that I'm reaching. Uh, and that would be all dementias. Right now, my support group is made up of people um, uh, with family members with Alzheimer's. And so my pastor, again, the wonderful Dr. Uh, Reverend Dr. Jonathan B. Whitfield has uh, uh, um, embraced my starting my support group at Corinthian. So I will be at the support group will now has moved to Corinthian Baptist Church second Saturday at 2 p.m. every month. Um, um, confidentiality is important. I say to anyone, if anyone knows me, they know I'm not, I, I, I don't play, I don't like to play, um, but um, confidentiality is important. If in fact you don't feel you can be confidential, then my support group would not be for you. Uh, people are coming to talk about what's going on with them. They may not tell their families uh, what's going on with them. So I want them to have the, uh, the assurance that that, that when they come to the support group that they have the confidence of the group. Um, so we're second Saturday every, uh, every month. And uh, we just started off in February uh, the 11th uh, as our first meeting. And we'd love to have you. My number. So how about an email address or social media account? That would do fine. Thank you for that. Thanks for catching me because I, I, I just want people to connect. Um, my email address is going to be Colleen English. I'm going to spell... Colleen, C-O-L-L-E-N-E-E-N-G-L-I-S-H at Yahoo. That's Colleen English at Yahoo. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm on Facebook, Edith Crawford on Facebook. And so, so people can just show up um, on that well, Saturday at two. They say, okay, they can. Yes, they can. Um, the most I will have as a sign in is just their name and their um, telephone and their email address, so that if in fact we have to cancel, then I can get a hold of everyone. Uh, but other than that, I keep no records. So I don't uh, keep notes or anything. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, how you got your what, when, and why, um, and all the wonderful resources you have um, shared. I feel like I've learned something even more being someone that has experienced it and understand the value of having that teamwork because it it's hard watching your loved one that I feel deteriorate in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we need spaces for ourselves, especially as um, black and brown people, Mm-hmm. in all of it and it's it's hard you know mm-hmm. we typically I would say culturally don't put our families in nursing homes we want to offer our loved ones that at home care and it is a it's time 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 consuming and detrimental sometimes so mm-hmm. thank you for being a guest today with us and thank you on- for having me thank you so much for having me and our listeners can catch us on um Black um, Headline News, YouTube, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And of course, our founder of Black Iowa News as well. Take care and have a great day.